to Fanatsu from the field. Um, I'm here at the Azuda Imanyanata event. Um, really good turnout. Um, wow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Stage is laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stage, how long have you been here since like 8.30? Yeah, 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 I've been here. I was doing a Julius's show last night and we didn't finish until one o'clock. Yeah, so. One o'clock in the morning. Wow, it must have been lit. Yeah. It, it was pretty cool, man. It was interesting. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to go around. Is there anyone you recommend I speak to in particular? Or? Oh, man, I really don't know. It's really hectic right now. But I don't know. Just like whoever you feel like they look like they have. Well, they all have stories to tell. But I don't know, man. Just choose, man. But they all like it's it's great to see all of them here. Like, so I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I don't think we could have asked for a better turnout, you know? Like, this is really... Like, to see it physically, like, you know, the turnout of it, it just makes it more, you know, this is real. Like, people are affected by this. So it's just like, wow. You know, it's it's nice that we can be able to do this for them, like, one day out of the year. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm going to go walk around and see what I can do. How do you feel about this event and the, the war reparations process? The problem with this war reparation, we got an in individual that blew it for us. Instead of making our own decision back in DC, she should have came back and checked with our leaders or with the war survivors first. But she went ahead and did it herself. She, think, she thought she was doing a big favor, but she's not. My name is Vicente. I speak. I'm one of those survivors that I call myself walking maggots. Walking maggots. Uh, why, can you explain? During the school term, during Japanese occupation, after 11.30, they gave me five buckets to fill it up with manure. And it doesn't matter whether it's animal or human being and I have to fill those five buckets up every day if I don't I get slapped kick and I cannot go home unless I fill up those five buckets and at that time we don't have no soap soap is a very luxury item and when I get out of school, I go straight down to the Sinan. We got a river right there. Aside from the water buffalo, I just go right into the river. I join the water buffalo. And then after I'm done, I went and looked for the leaf of the lemoncina leaf. I use it for soap. 
so I could get rid of the flies. The atrocities is so bad. And one thing I learned from the Japanese uh, psychological effect, they love to shine their bayonet. And during the daytime when the sun comes out, that sun reflects the bayonet and that scares the hell out of any. Every time I see a Japanese soldier uh, that I'm gonna meet in the road or anywhere, I just go the other way. But it's a long story for the uh, Japanese atrocities. Well, the idea is that um, the the trauma that, that people of your generation suffered is is very real, and it's something that we, we should never forget, right? The only people that wants to forget is our leaders, but not the survivors, because they never experienced what we went through. The experience that you go through is, is very deep in your heart. It's like a tape recorder that once you tape record, you cannot erase it. You keep playing it back and back and, back and forth. So that's what your psychological mind do to you. How, how old were you uh, during the occupation? First, during the occupation, I was five and a half years old. I went to Japanese school. They, they sent us to school to learn as, as a crash course. They want us to overnight to speak Japanese, write so. Japanese, read Japanese. So you can take orders, right? Well, we got our orders already prior to that. Uh, they, get, they call it uh, uh, indoctrination. Right. Right after the Japanese government established themselves in Guam, they, get, they sent us indoctrination at school campus in Georgia. They tell us all the do's and don'ts. 99.9% don'ts. 0.1% do. This war reparation, especially with the compensation, is like a big joke for us. Yeah. I'd rather give my, my, my that money that they're going to give me, I'd rather give it to somebody uh, that needs it in San Francisco so they could become patriotic overnight. You take one survivor in Guam, more damn patriotic than the whole city of San Francisco. So, the people that experience, not only that the, the atrocities, the beating, the only thing that we outsmart the Japanese that we stay alive because a lot of them complain, how come the Chamorro, we took away their food, we hardly, we practically starved them, but they're still strong. You know what, how we outsmart them? We killigan everything. <laughs> we got bunny papers all over the island. We make our own salt, and if we don't make a salt, we take salt water. Yeah, yeah. And lemon, and lemon, and everything that we butchered, because the minute they see smoke, the Japanese will send an airplane up to patrol the area, because there's a tomorrow uh, going to barbecue or cooking something. Wow. So you sort of, um, Keliguin became so prominent because... It becomes, it, it become uh, so uh, a star overnight in Guam during the Japanese occupation, because that's the only way that we're going to survive, because to butcher chicken or anything, yeah. go fishing the Japanese, you have to have a, per, a permit. Yeah. 
and when you're butchering a chicken, there's a Japanese there watching you, so when you finish cleaning it, He's going to ask for it, right? You have to give them more than half of what... Wow. People just don't understand what atrocities and suffering is until they experience it. So... But uh, you, you talked a little bit earlier about uh, patriotism. Do you feel sort of uh, betrayed? I mean, would you call yourself patriotic? You're damn right I'm patriotic. Did you serve in the military? My, my grandpa did. Yeah. Did you go to Vietnam? I spent so many years on the submarine. I go on patrol. So how, do, how does that feel? I mean, um, you, you spent uh, a lot of sleep for somebody in San Francisco to enjoy buying a loaf of bread so you don't have to stand in line. Are you talking about the hippies? Not only hippies, a lot of them are so intellectual, so so rich yeah. that they don't even know what patriotic is. Yeah. They, so in the, in, they care for themselves only. So I mean, they're so smart that they start questioning their own patriotism. They start questioning their own uh, knowledge. They even question why they're American. So as someone... You know, a lot of people die and were willing to die just to get to, to the United States. So how do, how do you feel? I mean, um, you know, having been, uh, in, having been in the Navy, uh, being, being patriotic yourself, um, well, this, this whole war operations the, process... The reason why I ended up joining the Navy because I got drafted uh, in 19... Uh, during the Korean uh, theater. So uh, when I went in, I was old enough to be drafted. My cousin uh, came and visited me and said, uh, hey, Prim, guess what? We're American citizens. I said, Lana, that means we're going we're gonna to start seeing a, dra a draft card. So I guess they made us American city. We've been asking to be American city prior to that, but I guess they... They made it priority because they want us to fight for the war in Korea. Wow. That's the reason why they approve it right overnight. Yeah, yeah. But we've been petitioning to be American citizen prior to that. But the minute that we become citizen, they start sending our draft letter left and right. But I mean, so... So I don't know, Uncle Sam knows my address. Yeah. Before that, he doesn't even care whether I'm alive or not. So uh, how much does it upset you then that um, the war operations, we're paying, we're basically, the people of Guam are paying it for in themselves, right? I mean, does that upset you that you've, you've devoted so much of your life to America and, you know, we're doing this ourselves? I, I'm, I'm, I'm used to the suffering that I went through during the Japanese occupation, so this don't surprise me. It's just like this one Japanese uh, sergeant we went to get a permit to go fishing. We weave our own basket for for the catsmen of our fi the fish that we catch. And they're, they're waiting for us right there on the beach. They look at us, we show them our uh, catch. So I said, we have to humble. And I like the way they humble. You know, share. He, he has to do the counting. 
Five for you, 20 for me. 10 for you, 30 for me. I like that kind of sharing. They're the smartest people to bargain. Yeah. When they count, wow. they count it real, real good that they make themselves happy. And then they left off with a catch. He looked, and there's hardly nothing inside that basket because he humbled himself with all the cats that we caught. It's, it's a farce, man. This, this war reparation, it's just like when I testified at the legislature back uh, earlier for a war reparation, war claim. The war took almost three and a half years, and they made us testify for 15 minutes only, 15 minutes. And they asked us, did we ever receive compensation? No. They only gave the Chamorro, I think, one year, and nobody knows that there's uh, compensation going on because a lot of time, a lot of the Chamorro after the war are trying to put their life together, and a lot of them are dying from unexploded, unexploded uh, ordnance, and a lot of those ordnance that did not explode. American ordinance. And then there's a lot of new uh, village started after the war. And people were getting blown by a landmine. Sometimes the whole damn family get blown. Wow. That's the reason why a lot of them don't even know that there's a reparation or war compensation after the war. Because our people are trying to put their life together. And our leaders, not even, we don't even know that we got leaders leading us. All I know, remember, is that I, I attend a lot of rosaries. Because at that time, the Navy furnished bus transportation from one uh, end of the island to the other. So that's how we go to the rosary, to attend rosary for our family or friends or neighbors. But, the, the compensation is a farce. Oh, well, I was born in 1944, June 16, in Radio Barrigada, when the bomb started bombing. And uh, I was born under the bird fruit tree. And my parents marched from Radio Barrigada up to Maningun. And I was nutrition, and I didn't talk for two years. That's how it is. So, this one. Would you say that that might have been due to um, trauma? Uh, more than traumatic. <laughs> yeah, because my parents were the ones traveling with us to Meningun Hill. Yes. Wow. So. Yeah, I'm the oldest one of the, the siblings, and uh, she was malnutrition. We used the fadang to make a tuli for her milk. She was, uh, she couldn't talk until two years later. Yeah, it was hard. My father was in prison because he was caught in the nighttime bringing banana to the camp. Then the Japanese took the banana and put him in prison. And it was hard for us. You know? It was really hard. And we walked from Barigada to Manengun. 
folks. Uh, I'm cutting in and out, you know, walking around here and there. A lot of things going on, uh, which is a good thing, man. Um, there's a lot of, uh, this is a good turnout. It's, man, it's honestly, it's a lot more than I expected. And this is Jesse. Yeah, Jesse Chargloff, Um, Yeah, I mean, dude, honestly, it's overwhelming and so satisfying at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I, I was honestly expecting to walk away from today like, oh, we didn't get to see that many people, but man, there's like a good 75 at least right now, and we just started. Yeah, yeah we're going to be here until 5 p.m., and uh, yeah, man, I don't know. There is a real sense that, you know, we're helping, we're, we're making a, a positive uh, and uh, a noticeable difference. I mean, think of how many uh, uh, forms are going to be filled out today, you know? Yes, man, these people are excited. Man, they are, they're waiting in line. There's 75 people in line right now waiting for their names to be called so that we can get this done. And uh, yeah, it's been long awaited, man, and it's happening now, and we're all part of it. It's great. Have you already uh, been uh, helped? I'm all done. Just oh, waiting for my sister. Oh, wow. So, is it just the two of you here? Pardon? Is it just the two of you, you and your yes, sister? Just us, yeah. So, how old were you um, during the war? Uh, yeah, during the march. Yeah, I was uh, about a year old. I was walking to Manyangun and uh, I fell you know and had some scratches and everything and then uh, my dad and my mom had to take turns carrying me um and that was on that was at one year one year old right so started to uh, learn how to walk man that's uh that's uh unfathomable you know so um, would you say that it's affected you up to this day? Oh yes, up to now, yeah, when they mention about the war, it does affect me a lot, yes. Dude, so what else have you been up to, man? I feel like it's been forever. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I need to. I still need to release that uh, that junk podcast. Yeah. But you know, we, we have Patreon subscribers now, so it'll be totally uh, exclusive. How many do we have? We have uh, we have ten right now. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. It's gonna build. It's gonna build. I need to go back into my account and up my um um dollars per per output <laughs> per podcast <laughs> because uh, right now I'm set at three bucks, yeah. which is great. Everybody can just you know jump in on that three bucks. You know, a month is. Nothing. I'm six yeah. bucks. Six bucks a month I can do. Oh man, that, that's maybe next month they'll go. <laughs> Get <to> tell. <laughs> right, generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what oh, else? Um, so last semester my work focused a lot about a uh, tomorrow sizing things. You know, I think this semester I'm pretty excited about it. I'm focusing more on how the colonizer has always been dependent on us. You know, switching the, the play, you know, like... Yeah, since, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when Magellan came here in 1521, his life depended on it, right? And then now today with the North Korea rhetoric and, you know, it just shows that, you know, people has always, have always come to Guam wanting what we have. Guahan, right? What we have. Yeah. And, yeah, the colonizer has always wanted what we have. So, in a sense, we're not the only ones who are dependent here, man. They've always been dependent on us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what my work is focusing on now. 
And that, that, you know, that's so important, especially in, in the discussions over decolonization. It's like um, the the the, sur the surface fear for a lot of people is, uh, you know, America doesn't need us. They're, they're going to leave us right away. Blah blah blah. These things. But dude, they could have done that if they didn't need us. They could they could up and leave tomorrow or you know. Right. And we cannot fall into believing that kind of talk because that just takes away like so much leverage that we have over them, so much negotiating power that's going to come into play big time when when we sit at that table and talk about the negotiations over decolonization man we need to realize that they need us too you know for sure man so yeah um what are the plans uh for london oh next year are you, yes. are you going are we gonna be on a panel oh man i would love to yeah. well we'll see where i'm at i'm still i'm waiting for uh official acceptance from a couple universities okay. but like i think it's totally feasible like if i'm a if i'm a student you know and i'm i'm producing work then yeah maybe I'll, I'll be on the panel for sure we've got to have a london podcast man oh yeah <laughs> yeah you know, i was glad that you brought that up because it was just this morning right my uh, my wife was talking to the kids about you guys got to get ready for london and then i wasn't even sure if i had to go ahead to go and i guess we're going to cambridge man <laughs> oh damn let's go <laughs> nice man so you just gotta write that paper yeah for sure, let's do it. My mom still had the memory. Even to go to Menengu, she's so scared. So I know how it feels. I wanted to be the one to testify because before my dad died, because he had got cancer, he says, please, please, Maggie, be with me. My mom is still scared, always praying in the room. She cannot be alone in the room because she get paranoid when she sees any Japanese because of the memory. Because she got a big hole on her neck. Yes, and she was beheaded. But I wanted to be the one to testify because they don't know how the memory was still there until she died. You know, she was in her 60s when she died. But imagine. But see, my father don't want her to to talk because it does mess her up, her memory. Suffered. But are are there are there things that you recall uh, her her sharing with you about her experience? She she did say that uh, you know when they buried her in with all the dead people, only the maggots the one that saved her life the maggots, and then Bankabera is the one that uh, found her, and that's why she was only 13 years old. So the thing there, my mom said she had forgiven the Japanese, but somehow. When she see the Japanese, she get paranoid because my mom went to Japan for my daughter in Okinawa to to for my daughter's graduation. As soon as she arrived with my sister, I just sent her back because she couldn't. She was a nervous break person. This affect her a nervous breakdown from the illness of what the Japanese did to her. But she went there to testify, and I want to tell those Congress people that my mom had the memory all the way until she died. My father had to tell me, make sure that somebody's with her. I have to stay up uh, massaging her, scratching her back. She's so scared to sleep. She's so scared. So that's why that that what the Japanese did to her, she still had the memory. So I know how she felt. And those people in Congress don't know how she felt that she still carried the pain because she was only 13. But I'm not here for the money. It's just that the thing here, what they did to her, 
she got survivor kits, but anyway, I don't care. I, please don't put me in the news. No, no, we're not on the news. This is a... Uh... I saw it in the newspaper. I don't know, but I don't care for the money. But it is, I mean, um, you know, the, our, you know, our, our older generations suffer. For the independence. Yeah. Well, that's good, yeah. I mean... Oh, they said to come here, so I don't know. Well, I, when I tried to fill out the work lane, they said, we don't qualify. I said, my mom is dead. She cannot talk right now. But I'm the one of her children. Right. Uh, but it's okay. They think I'm after money, but I don't care. Well, I think it's just because of the Congress, you know, the, the things that they stipulated. I want to be the one to tell them. I'm the one that saw my mom all the way suffering. But they didn't see how 13 years old, buried alive, and the mag is the one who saved her life. She was buried with all the dead people. So, you know, she her stories in the history book. I don't know. But she did talk saying that she had forgiven them, but deep down, I think it's, you know, but my, hard. my father really didn't want her to talk to anybody to bring back the memory, you know, but see, that's why. Get that one, her injury, why is it that they cannot buy the person to get it? Um, unfortunately, I'm not qualified to answer your question, but from my discussion about today, about around that main issue, um, this to for the money she only want to help all of the people that got injured to let the world know what happened to them the, how their suffering was until they die they sit and wait and wait but my mom wasn't looking forward for the money but see she's gone so who gets that her injury since she suffered no I personally like I said I cannot answer dispenser auntie um, it's wrong. Maybe the news is wrong. That maybe the issues we've been facing here today is that green, and they get this amount, but we don't care. But my mom's gone already. She didn't even get it. But she only did it for to let the public know how she suffered and the others. It's okay. I think one of the best things that what can happen today is that if you're able to record your, you have, uh, recorded hers. You can acknowledge the. So the she's in the history book. History book about her story, and she personally on the because the people came to the house and they she tell her story of everything. She was buried, but she crawled out of all the dead people. And the mag is the one who saved her life. If you know, but she suffered with that hole, but she was a nervous person, still scared all the way until she died. She's still scared. I have to sit up with her. So she's, she's, she keeps praying. So she didn't want to show that she's scared. But my father, before she died, he asked me to please be with your mom. So I did all the way, 43 days in the hospital. I didn't leave her until I left the hospital. Then that's when she go. But she went on a coma when she was deliberated on July 21st. 
and it took 43 days till she go. She never got out of the coma. Yeah, because of that, uh, you know, she goes in a life unconscious, and she doesn't know. Several times she she go unconscious, and no, but we were thinking she's just sleeping, but no, that affected from her what the war people did to her. It's okay. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for sharing your stories, Auntie. So obviously, I mean, there's. Yeah, no worries. There's, there's obviously a lot of. Um, I think oh. that's the best thing we can always do. Sizu Smasi. There's a, there's a lot of um, discontent over how the, the process is run right now, especially uh, with uh, children of survivors not qualifying. <laughs> but I just feel bad, you know, like turning someone like her away. Yeah, actually, since being here, we've been getting those kind of comments. Like, my, my, my mother, my grandparents, um, they were alive during the war, but due to Madame Bardalio's new way of processing our war survivors' story, it's sad. And we, as the volunteers, have to face their face these people, have to listen to them, and we can't respond to them properly. It's not our job to respond to their or give them the right answers. We can only do so much. But I think it really comes down to having Madame Berdalio really speak about what she's done and hold her accountable. I think just being here, being a volunteer here. Yeah, she has to be account held accountable for this mishap that we are facing here at the this war survivors uh, gathering of stories. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Not the scene, man. Yeah. I can't say anything. I can't give her an answer that would help and make her cope. I can't. She's only gonna get stressed more and more, and whatever I say, it's just gonna hurt her. I do. The struggles of being it young is. and being help, trying to be helpful now. Right. Dang. Dang is a good thing. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, the fifth time I've encountered this comment, yeah. but she's the most like self-defeated yeah. from all of the, the encounters I've had. But I mean, like we we went into uh, this event knowing, you know, the limitations of this process, you know, and the idea is that this isn't—it's not perfect. Definitely not perfect. There's no excuse for, you know, how it's being dished out right now. But I feel bad about it now because uh, Madeline was down in uh, the Chinese Center in Agat about two months ago, and I was asking her now about the boy claim. Because one of my brother was taken to up there and uh, cut beheaded up there in Chiguian. So uh, I was asking her, uh, when is it going to be or whatever, you know, and then she answered me, says, uh, I'm not eligible. I said, why? She said, because only my mother, the wife, and the kids, his kids. I said, I'm sorry, my mother died in uh, 1976, and my brother's not married. He doesn't have any kids, so I'm the only sole survivor now. I'm the only sister, my brothers, my, everybody died except by myself. So she said still that I'm not eligible, so I just plan to come here. I finished my paper already a long time, to yeah. fill up, but that's why I come here today, because of uh, 
you know, I want to air my thing out because that's not really right, you know. You have to treat, and nothing hurts because it's my brother. You have to treat everybody because they're all in the same category, be hated up there by the Japanese. So just because I'm, I'm part of the family, I'm not a stranger, but I'm part of the family for him. So I think I deserve that since nobody of my family was here. And nothing hurts me, so that's why I just come here just to air myself out, you know. Because it's, uh, I don't know, it's just, I feel bad about it because, you know, they're not treating the same and they're all in the same category. Yeah, so that's why I was and I hope, and, you know, they're telling me that they're going to work on it now because, uh, you know, it's, it's really not fair. And I air myself out already in the KUM in the radio now. But I'm still hoping whatever is the thing, then if they say no, then out. Be contented with it because that's what that's the decision. Eh? But to me, it really hurts and it's not right. You have to treat everybody that are the same thing. Treat everybody. Yeah. I'm not a stranger to him. He's my brother in my blood. Yeah. 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 That's the only thing that I uh, was concerned eh? because, you know, on my own, uh, my own family and it's like that. I, I think it's pretty good because. Um, uh, just like myself, some of these uh, survivors are already getting old. Like me, my my ear, my eyes are not that good anymore. <laughs> we we kind of need uh, a, a little assistance on the paperwork of all these documents required. Man. So it's pretty good, pretty good event. But the way I look at the population here, I think there should be more people around here claiming for the. This uh, war claim should be more. I don't know. On time, this thing, this probably will close down at uh, uh, five five p.m. No? Five. Yeah. Well, don't eat like me. Got some again. Forty-five. First, stick to forty-five. Have it. Huh? Is it one of fifty? Yeah. After another. Oh, just for uh, the independent cooperation. My love and heart, that of my name. hang on me. Basa jana musi bendi you still got some kick. Yeah. And I'm good in the bathroom. Frank, side degree? Okay. All right. Ben Mendo or Frank? How do you feel? You've been here for a couple hours now. Um, what was the vibe you're getting from uh, the people who, who are here to, to get their compensation? Fully 100% honest. Yeah. That uh, many of the people that I've been helping we're very, very young when this happened, yeah. and they're having a lot of trouble remembering certain things. So we're just gonna get the details of what happened, uh, not as much as like you know what they felt or anything like that. Um, I even just helped somebody that was six months old when they were in the march to Menengen, um, you know, and she was saying she was malnourished, and these are things that she can't remember. But I mean, that's real. That that's something that happened. To her. I think I spoke to her and like I'm more cognizant now I think because I'm a father but um like my girl is five years old and like just thinking about her being 13 and then like 
Dude, that's so crazy. And this shit happened to... Man, it's very scary, actually. <laughs> man, you know, when you're at like, that age, especially, and, you know, to, to be, to go through something that painful and, like, that's a pretty life, you know, life, like a, like a, like, like a life threat. It's life-threatening. Like, literally life-threatening. That's... I don't think anyone should be going through those things, you know what I mean? I mean, my grandparents were in the war, too. Both of my grandparents. And he's told me some, some crazy stories, too. Um, for example, my, my grandfather's brother, um, after the war, they couldn't find him. So they thought he passed away. So what they did was the family gathered at the family home after the, uh, after the war was finished, and they did a uh, memorial service for him, a funeral, a rosary, everything. And six months later, he comes walking in the door. He comes walking in the door six months later because he was with the excess Japanese soldiers that were still on island but were not found. They held him as they held him hostage. So these are just one of the many stories that they have from you know the the, the occupation. That's crazy, man. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of encouraged that. There, there's some other people from our generation who are here bringing their grandparents, you know. And but in general, I just get the sense that um, there's not enough appreciation, man, for um, the the suffering that they endured. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Oh man. So I don't know. I'm really glad uh, this this event really turned out well. You know. I think if we understand more, and if we actually understand the 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 suffering that they went through during that time, then we'll be will be more open to to taking into consideration you know their their pain so if we understand the full story and we actually kind of like push ourselves to go on and learn about it then we'll then we'll eventually get to a point to where we can appreciate them a little more and you know it it, it also helps us understand like why it's so important to keep fighting for for a better compensation process because you know right now as it stands like we're paying for this shit out of our own pockets right and i mean that's not right you know and this is this is only a fraction of what they should be getting but that's the joe thanks and so this is manny cruz and so mr aquino here is you know his he has a very interesting family history but because his parents passed away before the December cutoff date. He cannot, they cannot be recognized by this program. And so, if you would, Senor, please, if you want to talk about your family's history and, you know, I was impressed your grandmother, your, your, you said your great grandmother was a nurse before yes. the war? My great grandmother was working at the, uh, at the, uh, in the hospital in Nagania at the time pre war. And then when the war came about, they were taken down to to the concentration camp where she worked as she was helping you know our local people at the time as nursing and, and working as a midwife at, at that same token my mother was a young girl and she was probably approximately only six years old five six years old when her mother passed away at the camp how how my my grandmother passed away wasn't even too clear to my mother you know and and this is very disappointing that we cannot claim for both my mother and her her mother at, you know for the for the this uh, atrocities that they went through during the war 
it's, it's not right. And then to tell me that my father who labored during the war, we can't even claim for that. And my parents has been waiting for this for decades, for decades since Underwood, or not Underwood, since Congressman Wampat was, was a congressman back in the 60s. I, I, this is an injustice to the people, and maybe that was the, one of the points why a lot of our local people are discouraged to come out now, because now that our grandparents and great-grandparents have passed away, that, that have gone through this atrocity and they've been waiting for decades to receive this compensation. The question is, is why is it just Guam? Everybody else have been compensated. The, the uh, people from the Micronesian Islands, American Samoa, CNMI was already compensated. Why are they holding back on Guam? It doesn't make sense. We've been waiting for decades and now that something's gonna happen, they're only gonna, they're going to exclude all these people who survived during the war and died after that? That's not right. It's, it's you know, I don't know why. And I, 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 we need answers. We need to know why. Have you, have you uh, gone out to public hearings or anything to speak out about this? No, because I haven't heard of any public hearings pertaining to this, this issue. And I wish, Absolutely. and the and, uh, most difficult time also is, we all work, and our jobs require us to be there. Unfortunately, I wish I did have that. My, my, my siblings have already given up. My siblings have given up about filing this stuff. Did they kind of look at you crazy when you told them you were coming down? No, I, I told them, hey, let's, you know, it's, it's worth a try again. And apparently my sister's right. We can't make a claim. You know, I came, I came here hoping that there will be a chance that they'll listen and they'll give us the, you know, be able to file. And I know my mother has filed once before, or maybe twice. But I remember when this thing came out back in, in the 80s, she did file. It came out in the 90s, she did file. She, she passed away in 2000. She filed for, for herself, my, her husband, her mother, and now it's coming out again. Is there, is there a guarantee that they're gonna get compensated? Uh, well, yeah, well, right now everything is uh, paid for by through Section 30 funds. So, and that's uh, only when there's, um, when the money exceeds like a cap, you know, and those extra monies will be. Um, yeah, it's not right. I, I think that's where we all agree. Yeah. That's, everybody that survived that war should be compensated. And, and if, if the survivors are not here, then give it to the family. Give it to the family that, that you know, survived their, their parents, their grandparents that, that uh, are survivors of that war. You know, they've been waiting. They've been waiting for decades. And, it doesn't make sense at all. I have a cousin here who's, who he was supposed to sign up also for his mother. Apparently, the poor guy can't come claim. And he's so, coming from CNMI. Yeah. I guess the, the person uh, to talk to is, um, or to 
to voice your concerns with Ms. Madeline, right? I expressed yesterday, I expressed my concerns at the office of the Congresswoman. And I hope that what I have expressed to them, I hope that it be uh, considered, you know, there'll be reconsideration to that. Because this really is an injustice. I mean, I'm glad that those survivors that are here, and 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 uh, and I hope that they can be compensated back for their their hardship during the time of the war. But what about those that survived the war and isn't alive today? Right, right. You know? Yeah, my, my grandpa uh, falls into that category. He died in 2010, so he's not uh, he doesn't qualify. My my family can't file on, on his behalf. Yeah, see, so you know we're in the same boat. You know, my great grandparents was also here during the war, but can't claim for them. So I think we we all agree that um, more needs to be done, and the persons to talk to is our congresswoman and then um, the Department of Interior. You know, it's a, it's a long struggle, and it's been going on for decades, man. It is, and that's what I mentioned. It's been going on for decades. That people have been waiting for decades for this to be approved. You know, when when the plan first came out in in the 70s, everybody was happy that we're going to be compensated. It never went through. Then my parents were still alive. You know, we struggled through life too, but you know, we, my parents did everything they did, they could, they could to make ends meet. And there's 10 of us, 10 of us are the children, you know? But, you know, I don't care if they give us a little or something, but at least they give us something for their, their hardship, their, their, the atrocity that they've uh, uh, experienced, you know, because that's that's the nightmare. You know, my parents, they raised us as if the war was still going on. Uh, how? In what way? Us by cooking, learning how to cook over the fire and not use electric stove or gas stove. We had to go every weekend to go pick wood and to learn how to cook over the fire. Go out and fish, plant, work the land, you know? As if the war was still going on, you see? That's the thing that, that they have instilled in us to learn how to survive. Because one day, what they went through, we may go through. And, and my point here is that um, this application here should be open to everyone, everyone that survived that war, you know? And, and that's what I have to say, because this is really an injustice to, to those, to those uh, who have passed on and, and, and in their memory. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ed, man, um, you've been in there all morning, basically uh, doing uh, oral, oral histories. 
Um, it's hard for me to keep uh, a straight face. Not that I'm laughing, but uh, it's hard for me to, to keep my emotions intact when I'm talking to uh, our Manamko about their, their, their memories and stuff of World War II. Um, how was it for you uh, sitting in there and you know documenting these stories? Oh, hearing what our people went through and at the hand of something that was beyond our people's control. Uh, the forces that the U.S. with Japanese coming in, attacking the, our small island, doing this to our people, our, our families, our relatives, and to see, I think our, our, our oldest interviewee was 90 years old, and she was just telling us on what she went through. Yeah, it, 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 it's, hard to hold, it's hard to hold in our emotions, but it's important that we document their story because without their knowledge and what they learn from everything that's happened, they become better people, you know, and and all she kept saying was God is good, God is good, even though so much has happened to her, her family, her parents, all the people around her, it's like her outlook was just so genuinely forgiving, you know, it was like uh, I, I'm all twisted up, dude. For real, I'm just, I'm angry and I'm appreciative for her story and for all their stories. But to see like what they have to go through just to, just to get some sort of compensation from all the wrongdoings that the U.S. had put upon the island, the Japanese put upon the island, and it's all this paperwork and red tape that we have. That even my parents. It's, it's hard. It's hard, but we have to stand up, stay strong, and just keep keep recording, I guess, man. I mean, and it's good. I mean, like, there's people younger than you or myself here. I'm 28, but I see volunteers here who I'm assuming are, like, 20, 21, even younger College students, yeah. So the, this fight, I mean, we've been, we've been uh, going at it for, for decades now, but I think the fact that uh, there's people here who are willing to continue this struggle, you know, for just compensation, it, it's sort of uplifting. It is because our Manumku, it takes a lot to leave the house. Yeah. Let alone come to Yoji, walk through the parking lot, come in here, and just try to find answers to how to fill these forms. It's because it's important to them and it should be important to us as a people. So that's why I'm down here. That's why you're here. I mean, we're, this is time out of our day. Because it's important to our Manoku, it's important to, to me to be here and, and do what I can to help. There's another one of your interviews. He's cool, man. But, uh, it, yeah, dude. I'm, we're on the same boat, basically, and I don't know, man. Yeah, I, yeah I'm twisted up, bro. I know. I feel you, man. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate Thank you, it. Okay. <laughs> it was, um, it, it was uh, beyond our expectations. This, was, this event was phenomenally successful. Um, we, you know, we had 20 computers ready to go. We had, like, 30 volunteers ready. What we weren't ready for is sort of the the elderly Chamorro sort of propensity to arrive very early. So even, like, I got here at, like, 7.30 this morning, and at 7.55, the first two old people drove up, and we don't start till 9. 
by 8.30, there's already 20 older Chamorro people out there who are kind of like, can we get started? And we're like, it, it, it's, <laughs> we're, we're supposed to start at 9. And so by the time 9 o'clock came around, we already had maybe 30 people lined up and ready to go. And so we moved as, you know, we moved as quickly as we could and we've, we've helped probably more than 100, I think more than 150 uh, people signed in. And about 100, I think we were able to, to help. Um, it was just a, a beautiful event in that way because there was a lot of inter intragenerational sort of discussion and intergenerational discussion, discussion. So in the middle of the atrium there, you had a lot of old people kind of chatting and hanging out, people who hadn't seen each other in a while and just kind of talking and sharing stories, sharing war stories literally. And then, but you also had a lot of young people volunteering and um, young people being the guides, being the drivers, bringing them in, pushing the wheelchairs and so on. So it was really just a nice space in that regard. Um, and, you know, Independent Guan was just really, it was an event that we, we did because we felt like there was a need in the community and we were absolutely right, is that a lot of Chamorro elders are confused and worried about this process and as we found out today too, a lot of them are very hurt and upset at the fact that the majority of Chamorros are excluded from this program. That if you, if you were a war survivor who was unfortunate enough to die after the war ended and before December of 2016, you, no one can claim compensation. You cannot be recognized in this program. And so I talked to I, they maybe, like, maybe like 20 people today who came, some of them holding a pile of documents, yeah. some of them holding the, the applications that their parents or grandparents had made for war reparations 20 years ago, 40 years ago. And so it was, uh, it was rough talking to them. And, and some of them were, were very upset um, at how this, is, how this has panned out. Um, but it's just, a, it's just another way that independent Guahan, you know, connects to the community. And it's, and I've never seen old people before excited to get an Independence T-shirt, right. but there was a lot of old people that like, oh, now you're so stylish, you young people in your Independence shirts. And so, that was that was uh, that was really really nice to see a lot of. I want one of those. Yeah. And so, um, okay, I am talking too much, and I let me finish eating my apple. Stacia, you can share your thoughts. Yeah, like you said, it was it's it's still it's beautiful. It's it was very hectic. It's already like three thirty, and it just now died down, and it started since nine. So it was like about six hours of nonstop processing, and it's <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I think like personally for me, what I thought is beautiful too is yeah it's just you know all ages we're all coming together and we're you know we're taking care of each other and I think that's a great thing to see and we don't like to see, and like people you don't even know so it's great to see like that even on just one day and um even when I was helping some of the Manamku fill out their forms and like they're literally yeah when they're retelling their stories of the war it's like wow you know you're like here you sit you're right in front of someone who's like experienced that and it's just like you know like maybe deep down you know trying not to like cry about it because like wow you can't imagine what that must have been like and the, 
the, you know, there's even a part of the form where you, you can describe in detail, like, what, like, you know, like, what happened, like, when you're claiming, like, what experiences, like, forced march or personal injury, and it's just, like, wow, man, and, like, to, see, to meet people in real life who've experienced the war, it's, like, oh, man, like, it's, it's surreal. It's, like, oh, these people, and, like, mm, I don't know, man, it's, and, um, and I think, too, like, it's really humbling because it takes a lot of patience, too, to be helping them out with the forms because you, because, you know, like, because even though, like, you, like, for our, gen like, you know, for my younger generation, like, you know, filling out the form, like, it's easier for us to understand it, but, you know, it's a good reflection, too, when you're helping uh, the Manamku fill out the form, like, you know, it may be clear to us to fill out the form, but some of these things, like, it's not clear to them, and it's just, like, we can see the struggle, like, you know, some of the words, like, they don't understand that. It's like, they just know that they've been through the war, and then you just have to have the patience to help them, like, fill out the form, like, yeah. Because, like, even, like, it sucks, like, even though there's some things, like, they, like, some of the things that they're trying to claim, like, you know, or, like, if they were forced labor, they don't remember because it was, like, back then, and it's just, like, it's, like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there's just a lot went on today, but it's... It was an uh, educational and somewhat emotional experience because there's just so many people, like, there are all these people in one area and then that are still alive and they've been through a lot. So it's like, I think this is, not, I'm not trying to say that everyone should come here and, like, do this, like, we should, but maybe we should, we should, we should make it, like, a monthly thing because, like, this, I don't know, like, there's just things that I learned from this one day and six hours of just being here around these, you know, our Manamku and helping them fill out their war reparations forms. There's just things that you learn and you observe that you just can't really, like, put into words. You just, um, I don't know if I could try. It's like, I don't know. I, I think it helps, like, because you know how, like, we're, what we're trying to advocate for, you know, with our political status and our sovereignty and I think it just shows like you know I don't know it's like like an alphamalic like you know we should take care of, even if you're not related to them but you know if you're Chamorro the chances of you're someone related anyways but you know even if you don't know them like you know it's just the feeling of being able to help people who you know like yeah you may not be able to pay them their war reparations but to help them at least you know get justice and getting the reparations, helping them fill out the form, having the patience to do so. And I feel like a lot of times people feel like that they can't do anything to help, but this is just one of the ways that we can help, you know, like improve our island and our situation. It's like just taking the time to sit down and listen or, you know, to help someone just like even simply filling out a form or listening to what they have to say about, you know, their experiences. And yeah, I know, just people just need to, just need to come out more and just see what's going on. I think you, you touched on a lot of um, what I was feeling also. But I think, um, I just want to add, like you, you mentioned, you know, desensitization, right? And I think, um, you know, quote unquote modern life sort of makes it that way. So we are desensitized to these things. So we're not thinking about our elders, um, you know, because, uh, you know, how the system is rigged is, uh, you know, you have to be working um, one third of your of your day, um, you know, to sustain yourself. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm so tired of saying capitalism, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you know, because of capitalism, um, you know, we we're so removed even from our own family members, and um, you know, I I have uh, two wonderful grandmothers, um, who yeah, on on a special occasion. Um, I do, you know, I talk to them about uh, their own experiences in World War II, but, um, you know, why don't I do that more? And, um, you know, why does it take an event like this for us to, to show an interest in, um, you know, our Monumco's experiences, you know? Like, um, the, everything, it's just so visceral. And I talked to you, Edgar Flores about this earlier, but... Uh, the story of uh, Beatrice uh, Elmsley, you know, uh, her daughter was here earlier, um, uh, Madeline, and uh, she was talking about, uh, Beatrice Elmsley was uh, the woman who, when she was 13 years old, she um, was supposed to be beheaded. The sword never went all the way through her neck. And so when she regained consciousness, she had to drag herself out of the pit. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an intense story, and it's it's so uh, visceral. I mean, um, and I think what's really helped uh, guide my thinking is uh, becoming a father for myself. And, you know, and I have a I have a younger cousin who's she I think she's about thirteen, but like I can't even begin to imagine um, them like my daughter, my cousin, um, going through that at thirteen years old. And, um, you know, Madeline, uh, uh, Beatrice's daughter, said to, to her dying day, she still had uh, tragic, um, you know, memories. Uh, and it, it affected her to her dying day, trauma. Yeah, um, to her dying day. She never lived it down. And uh, rightly so, maybe, you know. But yeah, so, um, but I think most people, when you take the time to, to talk to, Armanyana about these things and you actually listen and you you know you begin to think outside of yourself and begin to put yourself in in uh in their um shoes you know more or less you know then that's when you really begin to appreciate you know the struggle that they went through because i mean how how world war ii survival is framed um in mainstream media like you know we we celebrate um their perseverance and their, their survival, but I think a lot of that is drowned out in all of this uh, this pro-America propaganda, right? So um, Liberation Day, things like that, that that word in itself, liberation, it's celebrating um, America, you know, uh, reoccupying Guam, but it's not the 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 main focus of the celebration should should really be um, survival, and also. Um, uh, when we celebrate "quote unquote" Liberation Day, we should be—it should be like renewing our uh, our commitment to to fight for our Manamco, you know. And that's what's really, um, like like you and Miguel said, what's really beautiful about this event is um, all these these young people here, this intergenerational experience sharing, and that, that's just beautiful. <laughs> Para ba ina fanmatak nga iman tomorrow para tutuli takti idiretsota komo unnashon gihilutano. Ginimineg niha iman yanata, jani guinay zata nui famago umtamot na. Ina kekefan manungo, 
Zena keke fanet don todu i tato siha ni manyasaga gi ine na tano. Pawata na letfet na izagwahan ni todu ini na senyata. Kosiki sinya ta fan latla maulik motna. Fanatsu, hita lat mon.